Are you ready? Welcome to Radio Grognard, King Size, the OSR podcast with more stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Old man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. It's a nice day. Okay, uh, I got to talk about dice rolling, where, when, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, we'll get to that after this. All right. Now, this is kind of a subset, not really a subset, but it's something some players do that kind of bug me. Uh, now, I don't like talking about how the game master runs the game. Especially, I don't want people to tell me how to run my game. Now, the whole, there's a, there's still a little a controversy about fudging dice and, you know, changing things behind the screen and all that kind of stuff. And that's, that's well and good, and that's for another time. Because I don't want to deal with it right now. But, there is something that bugs me about, about what players do when you are a little more forthcoming with stuff. And I'm talking about, like, people, GMs who say, oh, I roll all my dice in front of the players, so they know everything's on the up and up. Okay, um, well, uh, that's that. more power to you. But what bugs me is, okay, I'm talking, I've talked about Somebody rolling is somebody rolling doing a roll and and failing forward or winning at a cost. I still believe in that stuff, but for some reason, it is very hard to do with some players because they think the dice are God, not you, the dice. And what I mean by that is. They expect you to, you know, let the chips fall where they may and stuff like this. They don't give... Okay, let me put it this way. The players don't give you room for interpretation in that respect. In other words, if a player... Let's take an extreme example, okay? A player is in a situation where they get attacked or trapped by something in a dungeon or something like that, and the thing attacks... And it's a save-or-die situation. And the player blows it. Now, as a GM, I can look and see how the game's going, see how the player's doing, all this other stuff. And to me, since you are the player and I am the world, I get to interpret it any way I want it to. And if I want to have you fail forward or something like that, I will do it. What I mean is like, okay, oh man, you fell off that cliff, save or die. Oh, you blew it. Ooh. Um, okay. Well, about halfway down, you get caught by your clothes or even impaled a little, you know, in a, in a non-deadly non way by a uh, branch that's sticking out from the cliff. You took some hit points, you're in pain, but you're not falling. Now you have to climb up, and that entails more rolls. So that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. I try, you know, I do that, okay? 
And then there are some players who go, oh, no. Oh, no. I roll. I, I blew that roll. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't make that roll or I rolled a one or something like that. They expect you to dish out a punishment. Well, failing forward, I just did dish out a punishment, but it wasn't as serious as you thought. Like I said, nothing is ever, well, I've never said this before, but to me in a game, not, very rarely is something absolute like an absolute death or an absolute save or something like that. Because it's always more fun to fail forward or win at a cost. Because that happens all the time in, in, in literature, all the time in movies. Um, how many times has, oh, Indiana Jones succeeded while failing? I'll tell you, there... Before before the D&D movie and stuff, one of my favorite films that I like to give examples to or have players who haven't seen it show them is Big Trouble in Little China. Because Jack Burton, to me, is a quintessential player character. He wins the day failing all the way down, all the way through. He fails, he regroups. He fails, he regroups. He fails, he regroups. And he's got great backup with like Egg Shen and Wang and, you know, Gracie. Um, and those people who help him out. They kind of cover his butt sometimes, but sometimes he has to cover his own butt. I mean, when they broke, when him and Wang broke out of that. Uh, Container or the, the that room they were in that one of the one of the uh, thunder it's one of the three storms uh, he landed in a wheelchair and started rolling down the rolling down the you know the uh, the corridor because it's slanted and these two guys come in with their their guns and he just bursts past them and they go and then he ends up almost almost in a pit. In a long, dark, it's got to be more than 10 feet pit. But he, his chair catches at the last minute. And he just eases it, eases it, eases it. And he gets out and the chair falls down into the pit. Now, to me, that is winning at a cost. And things like this happen when, say, you make a save and you miss it by one or two points. That is winning at a cost. That is... Um, winning at a cost. Um, and if you lose by one or two, see, or, or failing, or should I say failing forward, you get you get a benefit, but it's at a cost. Basically, that's the way it works. Because, and I point to that and I go, see, that is a player character. That is what player characters do. Because Jack Burton is a guy who just Gets it over his head. He thinks he can handle it, but he gets it over his head. And how does that, as a GM, that sounds awfully familiar to a lot of player characters. They will get it over their head. This is why in, in basic D, or in early days of D&D, the OSR stuff, this is why they say it's not, it's not, there's no shame in running away. I mean, I can think of one 
uh, this is my Thursday game, Matt's game. I can think of one instance where we stumbled upon an orc regiment. I mean, we're not talking just about a squad or something like that. We're talking about like at least 50 orcs in this encampment. And there were all sorts of, you know, there, there was the tents over here and you got the hut over here where the, the commander is and all this other stuff. And we looked at that and for 10 minutes, I can't believe it, for 10 minutes, we sat there and go, okay, you ready to take them? Should we take them? And finally, calmer heads prevailed and said, no, we're going to walk away and figure out how to do whatever the heck it is we were trying to do some other way, not going this way. Because I think that was it. We were going to run into them. But we we got we got some heads up or managed to see them. And I think even Matt said, that's why I put them there. Because the, you, would, you would be punching up out of your pay grade to take them on. And it would have been a TPK. It really would have been a TPK. And you guys did the right thing. Now, that's good. That's good. What I can't stand is GMs who will punish. I mean, they will, you know, they always say it's not, it's okay to run away from something like, I don't know, a black dragon that comes down on you and you're only like second level. And, you know, to me, no harm, no foul. But there, there are some GMs out there who, who punish you for not going there because they expect you to do it. And they're disappointed you don't do it. And to me, they don't realize how deadly that encounter is. Or maybe they do, or just or they're just a sadistic bastard. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I I have I have no I have no patience. I have no use for GMs like that. But failing forward and winning at a cost, and I'm saying to the players as and GM for a warning, the players, let the GM do his job. Let the GM just let, let him adjudicate it. Yes, it could be it could be save or die, but he doesn't have to you don't have to it doesn't have to be that way. It can and, and I think you should do the fail forward and winning at a cost because it makes the game more interesting. It makes and it keep and also it keeps players on their toes. It really does. Because all of a sudden, I could have died. I really hurt in that. I'm just, oh, I got, the branch went through my shoulder, but the, I lost like a D6 of hit points. But that's all right. I'm still alive. I can get over this. Now all I have to do is get up. Maybe your, you know, your compa- companions can throw you a rope or something. So, you know, think about that sometime. And players, don't, like I said, don't let them, don't let the GM, don't hamstring the GM that way. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I gotta go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognardgmail.com or drop me a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized. So as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. For a single donation, you can go to my Kofi page, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognard, or my PayPal tip jar, paypal.me slash oldmangrognard. Let me thank these people who do give to me monthly. 
Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Gilbert Soares, and Benjamin Brodell. Thank you very much, guys. For other good podcasts, there's Dan Griggs, the Jung, Y-U-N-G, Jung Grognar podcast, Kevin at the Red Caps podcast, Daniel Norton's Bandits Keep podcast, Randy and Joe's Biggest Geekest podcast, Big John Allen Larges, The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks again, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Got questions? You got comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. Tune in next time when Radio Grognard King Size is on the air. <laughs> <laughs>